Welcome to episode 41 of the Falcon Podcast. As always, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. On today's episode, we'll be discussing baseball, softball, track, and tennis. We'll discuss an interesting Southland article written by Matt Brown today. Also received a message from a listener that I thought was very intriguing, and I'll share my thoughts on that, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed reading all of your thoughts uh, each and every week that you send it to me. Uh, Before we get into the episode, a quick word from our sponsor who keeps this free. In the middle of a neck-and-neck Southland race, the Demon Baseball Squad had a really tough weekend dropping two or three to Southeastern, leaving now in fourth place and two games behind McNeese, Nichols, and Houston Baptist. Demons will finish off the season against McNeese and Cowboy Country and then will host University of New Orleans for the second time this year. Of course, Demons taking two or three from UNO on the road early in the season. The Achilles seal for NSU baseball right now is consistency. In this series against Southeastern, I felt the Demons had every chance to earn a sweep and sole possession of first place. Unfortunately, could not put together a complete game. Uh, In the first two games, the Demons left 15 runners on base and had a pitching collapse in game one from a very usually reliable staff. Uh, Really disappointing to watch. Uh, You know, a neck and neck the race the way it was, when you drop those two out of three, it sends you from first place all the way down to fourth. And now with six games remaining on the conference schedule, we are two games behind. So still enough time to make another run to regular season title, but it's going to be really tough. Uh, and I thought really the series was a really quick snapshot of the entire Demon season so far. A really great starting pitcher, followed by a collapse. Inconsistencies on both offense and defense at the exact wrong time. Uh, one guy I want to mention in particular was Jonathan Harmon. Had a very solid game, giving up three runs on five hits in seven and a third innings, but didn't get any run support. Again, you look at those stats, they're not eye-popping numbers, but I thought really good enough to get a win if he would have just gotten a little bit more run support. And throughout the year, I felt that's really happened, where we'll have a great pitching performance, we won't score runs, or we'll score runs, but then the pitching will collapse. And you have to put it together, you have got to get it consistency, and not really sure what it's going to take. Now, the Demons can still win the regular season title, but going to need to improve some with that consistency and going to need some help now being two games out. And my main concern, though, is that without consistency, I don't see us going far in the tournament. And the problem with that is the Southland Conference is such a competitive conference right now. You've got six, seven teams that are neck and neck with each other, that are can beat each other any given day. With that type of tournament, you're not going to have an off game. There's, you know, some years you come in, you look at a certain teams, and you say, all right, if we just get past this first game, the next game, win or lose, is going to be an easy win. Then we can go out. So, you know, if we hit this certain team, we can pitch the back of our bullpen. We can, you know, kind of do a bullpen guide by committee, get out of that loser's bracket, and then get back, you know, to the normal rotation. This year, it just will not happen. Uh, You've got to be consistent, and if you fall in one game, it's going to be really tough to fight your way out of a loser's bracket in this tournament. Uh, A lot of talent, nobody's really stepping up right now to look like they're going to be the dominant team in conference. So a long way to go still with six games left, but... Demons have got to get consistent, got to get those runners in, and got to make sure we are ready to go and hit the ground running going into conference. On to softball. 
uh, on the heels of a really nice sweep of UIW, the Lady Demon softball team, uh, and that was two weeks ago, uh, has a massive game against uh, Southeastern Louisiana. Lady Demons right now sit in third place behind Southeastern and two behind McNeese. Two weeks ago, Sage Hoover was dominant in the complete game shutout in game one with eight strikeouts. She was joined by Bronte Roden, who struck out 12 in a complete game shutout in game three. Both will be vital as the Lady Demons look to build momentum going into the postseason. One thing I am impressed with the Lady Demons is they are finding ways to win. And while they are in striking difference of McNeese and a regular season conference title, the Lady Demons would need a sweep of Southeastern and have nickel sweep McNeese. I just don't see that happening. I think the best goal for us to look at is lock in the number two seed in the conference tournament, which will start next week in Hammond. Reason I think it'll be really important. Obviously, you get a two seed, you're going to play seven instead of the six, uh, which is what three seed will have. The tournament will be in Hammond. Southeastern is a very quality club. Uh, credit Southeastern last year. They hosted the tournament as well. Had just uh, horrific weather throughout and did a great job managing that tournament. I expect McNeese to be on one side of the bracket, Demons and Southeastern on the other, and I think it is just really vital to get that two seed, hopefully get the winner's bracket. I do not want to come out of a loser's bracket uh, and have to defeat Southeastern on their home turf. That would be very difficult. They are a quality club. One thing I do like about this softball team is they're a very, very resilient team. Most of the squad can come up to ability for different players to come to clutch. Players you don't think of, and you look back two weekends ago, and Maggie Black had a really tough game one, uh, 0 for 2, two strikeouts, and then she came back in game three and got you know very clutch to lead the Lady Demons to a sweep in game three, had an RBI, and again, just things like that is why I like the softball team. You know, the coaching staff has them believing it. They're peaking at the right time. I really do like the way the makeup of this team is. You know, pitching-wise, and we talked about it earlier, with Sage Hoover and Bronte Roden, you know, just phenomenal, phenomenal starting pitching. You know, you got some good hitting. It's really a complete team. It's one of the best softball squads I've seen built at Northwestern in a very long time, and I would put them right now as one of the probably top four or five teams I've ever seen at Northwestern. Really a great team, and I do recommend watching if you get a chance. And if you're in South Louisiana and have access to Hammond, I recommend also going out to watch them. Really fun team. Uh, the track team will be getting ready for the Southland Conference Championships coming up this weekend in Humboldt, Texas. Two people I want to look at is Jamon Gums and his twin, Diamante Gums, are both rolling in a conference and discus with throws of 193.3 and 174.6. Last week at the Leon Johnson Invitational, joined by teammate Taraj Hudson, who had a throw of 184.6. And going into the championships, I think the Demons are going to need to have a dominant field performance in throws and in jumps to have a chance to take on the title. What I'm hoping for looking at the conference race is Southeastern has been really dominant in distance running as of late. McNeese kind of has fallen off a little bit, but I still think they have some talent. I'm really hoping Southeastern and McNeese can kind of take each other out in distance races. And if that happens, Demons are going to need to really dominate on the throws and in the jumps. Maximum amount of points we can get on those. And then hopefully take away enough points in the sprints to make up the difference. And if that happens, 
good chance for the Demons, but it's going to be a really, really tough competition. And it does help with some of the Texas schools being out. They obviously had more numbers than uh, Louisiana counterparts, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes up. But if you're the Demons, this is a really good chance to go up. And if Gums can have the type of season he's had all year, uh, of course, he was injured for two weeks. Uh, I do think uh, Demons should be in great shape. But again, we have got to get points in those throws and in the jumps. Uh, going on to the women's side, Natasha Jackson is looking really strong. I think she'll lead the Lady Demons. I do think the Lady Demons compared to the men counterparts are a little bit more balanced uh, than the men's side, but will face some really stiff competition across the board from Southeastern, UNO, and McNeese. Of course, Southeastern, uh, very dominant. Uh, again, as always, in distance running. Lost their best runner from last year. Should help us a little bit. I'm hoping, again, McNeese can kind of come up, you know, come up and kind of take away uh, some of those points in, in the distance. If that can happen, if the Lady Demons can avoid a total collapse on the sprints and on the jumps, I think there's a really good chance to bring on the title. Uh, again, the thing that concerns me with Northwestern is we just haven't had that consistency and that point gathering on the distance side. And if you look throughout history with Northwestern, when the demon track team was in the middle of that dynasty we weren't the most dominant team in distance in fact that was our weak weak spot but we had enough good distance runners that they could come up from the 815 3000 uh, 5000 you know and get enough points to kind of offset what SFA and Lamar and McNeese was bringing to the table. Of course, at the time, Southeastern uh, was nowhere near the program they were now. But again, you've got to have just somebody to take away those points uh, in your weaker events to have a chance to win. Now, the tennis team two weeks ago did end their season in a semifinal loss to New Jersey Institute of Technology, NGIT, 4-3. Uh, uh, as a team, they had a 750 uh, winning percentage, and they were 15-5, and a tie for the best finish since 2014 when they finished 18-6, and six. and a 15 overall win was tied for 8th most in program history, so congrats to the tennis team. I do apologize, haven't covered them uh, so far in this podcast. We'll definitely try and improve upon that. Uh, do have to admit that I'm not very well versed on the tennis uh, program. Uh, we'll definitely try and learn a little bit more about the tennis program, follow them a little bit better so I can cover them more. Uh, but congrats to them. Really was a good season, even if it was a disappointing end. Matt Brown runs a very excellent website slash newsletter called Extra Points and Matt Brown covers FCS sports uh, really, really extensively, especially when it comes to conference uh, changes and the conference uh, realignments. He's really on top of things. And in his recent newsletter, he mentioned there may be some trepidation on the point of UIW joining the WAC and that they're right now kind of thinking of maybe staying in the South and mentions that uh, the WAC does have some people going to the UIW campus uh, very soon to kind of talk to them about joining, making sure they're still on board. And if they were 100% committed. I don't think those meetings would take place, uh, but it definitely shows UIW maybe getting some cold feet. Uh, he did report that very recently the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Athletic Director John Palumbo in an interview said, and I quote, 
I do see more growth in the Southland. I think you'll see more dominoes fall. Lamar was a huge first step for us. For some other schools to consider the Southland, give us some Texas balance. I hope. I think hopefully there is more to come, and I can certainly see a few more schools coming our way in the next few years. Now, to be fair, he did mention that other schools in the conference do believe that uh, they still will have a stable Texas base. Of course, you look at Abilene Christian, you look at Stephen F. Austin, and some others coming in, Tarleton State being one. My whole question with Stephen F. Austin is, what is the breaking point for them? I know they have no inkling of moving back to the Southland. I think they're happy there, but there still has to be a question. Now Lamar gone, Sam Houston gone, New Mexico State leaving, it, and possibly UIW. It really puts them almost on an island. Uh, a lot of the draw of the whack, which of course originally... The plan was the WAC was going to come in, poach from Southland, get some other schools to join, eventually, you know, move up to D1. They were going to have higher, you know, athletic spending that was going to put the Southland on the back burner. And the reasons for leaving made sense. But looking at it as now, a lot of those plans are definitely gone. Uh, WAC football right now may not even exist in a year or two uh, if they keep bleeding schools. The basketball strength has taken a huge hit with New Mexico State and Sam Houston leaving. And then, of course, there's always rumors of Grand Canyon looking to move elsewhere, uh, even though right now it looks like there may not be the interest uh, that they would like in that. So really interesting to see what is the breaking point for SFA and do they have one? And, you know, either way, you know, you have to do at the end of the day what you think is best for a school. And right now, seems like the Lumberjacks are definitely committed to the WAC. And uh, to finish up this podcast, uh, just going to go on something a listener kind of sent to me. And uh, what this person said is uh, just wonder, you know, why is it that we still follow NSU after all these years? You know, why do the podcast? Why listen to Patrick Netherton, who has just an excellent, excellent uh, show that you can listen to on Facebook uh, pretty much daily. And it's just a really wonderful show. And I thought it was a really kind of intriguing thing to think about that. What does draw us back? And I thought about that. And I think for me, it always brings back a small piece of what was really a great period in my and others' lives. Now, I'm not advocating living in the past. I have great memories and moments since leaving NSU. My wedding to my beautiful wife and the birth of my two wonderful children far trumped anything that happened to me in college. And I wouldn't go back and change anything for the world. I love my wife. I love my children. So, and I'm pretty sure most people listening feel the same. College wasn't our high point in our lives, but it was still a very special place. So what is it that brings us back? And I think it's just a chance to kind of step back, relive the memories, support the current demons for making their way in the world. When I go into Turpin Stadium, to Prather Coliseum, to the track complex, I remember to the days when I go to the Turpin Stadium after lunch with my roommates from North Dakota High School, and kick field goals. Uh, it wasn't anything special. We put the ball on a tee on a 30-yard line, and we just kicked field goals for 40, 50 minutes uh, during our lunch break. And it was a really simpler time in our lives, and thinking of those moments always kind of put a smile on my face. And while I'm there, I look at the current Demon athletes and hope they're also having that same great experience that many of us and many of you listening have shared. Going back is unique in the fact that others in the stadium are feeling the same way. We aren't looking to relive the past, but more to celebrate the moments and memories that made us who we are today. 
For some of us, we think of those who left us. Uh, for me personally, I think of my former co-worker, Chris Baudouin. Worked with him for a while in Natchitoches, and during many of our breaks as we worked nights, we would head on over to Prather Coliseum, head over to Turpin Stadium, and we'd just catch a game. And it was really fun. Unfortunately, uh, he was a police officer. He was killed in line of duty. And I think uh, many times I go to games, I think of the games I went to with him. And a lot of times I wonder if he and others are looking upon us and cherishing those same moments. Whatever the reason, though, there's something that brings many of us back. Something we all share. And at the end of the day, I think those things are kind of priceless. And it's why we do these podcasts. While we dress up in purple and orange. While we listen to Patrick Netherton. While we still read things from Doug Ireland. We follow Greg Burke on Twitter. Because those memories are things that well, there are things we can't take away even after some of our best friends are already gone. I thank you very much for listening to this episode. I enjoyed making it. Hope you have a safe and wonderful week. Hope we get to cheer on the demons and lady demons. For the track team, best of luck in the Southland Conference Championships. Until next time, stay safe. Farkham Demons.